Good early morning, crypto traders worldwide. It is extremely early. Not so early, but I was working on crypto, various crypto things, and decided to do an update because I had a really negative interaction earlier with a group, and I don't honestly believe that it was malicious in intent, and I don't believe that the people in question were trying to be, I think they're just overly defensive, and it got me thinking that this is pervasive throughout the crypto community, and I'm hoping and I'm advocating for a change because until we get, I said it before, there are too many cryptos that don't think like a business. So because they don't think like a business, they're not seeing the forest for the trees. There's a bubble that surrounds people, and they're stuck in their bubble. They can't think outside of their own little groove, and they don't realize that crypto is still niche. Don't kid yourself. Social media is not representative of the popularity of cryptocurrency. It is niche. I would argue there's probably 10% of people out there that really do get into crypto. That means there's a whole pool of wealth of another 90% that don't get into it. And I'm going to break this down because this bubble, again, I'm one person. I can't change it alone. I'm hoping that my message resonates with enough people that will spread the word and get more people to understand why that bubble needs to be broken. Let me just give you the spoiler, I guess, of this whole story. The spoiler of this is I believe that someone, some company, somewhere should create a thing to quote, to quote my director boss from years ago, create something that is smart enough to trade anything for anything without the need to hold separate currency to do it. There are a couple of select swaps out there. I believe Lumen Swap is one that came to mind that are trying to do this. And I think Cytomask is trying to do this as well, but I think Cytomask might only be Ethereum. What I'm talking about to describe it, and I'm giving the spoiler, so this is not the story. I'm giving the end first, and then I'm going to repeat it. What I'm talking about is you've got Phantom, you've got Polygon, you've got Ethereum, you've got KuCoin, you've got Binance, and all of these different networks, right? And that's fine. Tokens are minted on different networks. That's fine. However, at the end of the day, they all have to do with what? Fiat at some level. They have an equivalent value of fiat. When you transact in an exchange, this is simple, right? But transacting, as I said in my previous update, transacting in an exchange, you lose the benefits. You don't get the rewards. You don't get the reflections. And ultimately, you're punished by way of gas fees. When you are in the wallet, you get the benefits and all that. But, of course, the fees nail you. And it's harder sometimes to get it in and out. So I'm talking about a thing that doesn't require you have you leave your wallet at all but it's able to behave like an exchange in the sense that it hides the fees. Because let's be honest, you are charged some fees for transacting on an exchange. It's simply that they are dramatically lower because there's no gas involved because there's already inventory, which got me thinking. The DEXs like Uniswap, PancakeSwap, OneInch, and so on, SushiSwap, they all have inventory too, but they don't keep all inventory. They only keep the inventory of what they care about. All right. We're already on the right track here. That means that I think one inch has the right idea, but they haven't gone full throttle with it. The idea to me is taking the concept one inch started, 
and expanding it to include not only the swaps, but also exchanges. And I don't know how the mechanics of that would work because I don't think the exchanges allow an API. But some way that one tool, you go to the thing, you connect your wallet, it knows what you have, it knows what networks they are on, and it can interchange between them seamlessly without you having to care about the underlying currency. That means, let's say I'm holding, I'll say Satama, I like to pick on it, Satama. Satama is an Ethereum token. I want to exchange some of my Satama to buy into Binance, and the coin I want on Binance is Kishu Inu. I wouldn't recommend that, but I'm saying maybe that's what I want to do. I should be able to press a thing, and it says, all right, you've got 500 Satama to work with. There's a fee of 100 Satama. It knows that it is an equivalent for 100 Satama of whatever that is, which I, I don't know what that is, but the point is it knows what the fiat equivalent is of that Satama. So it says, in order for me to do the transaction, I already know I'm going to need gas, but I'm not going to charge you the gas. I'm going to take from your fiat, and I'm going to charge you for that privilege to do this transaction seamlessly. That means that whichever tool I'm talking about has to have its own stash of Ethereum at all times, basically a liquidity pool of it, and it just simply takes from the source currency, and it knows on the back end, okay, I've got to cash this out for Ethereum, and I'm going to get nailed for it, but I'm going to do that to recoup. So now it's seamless to the front user. This is an investment on that exchange, but they can go full throttle with it. It's a similar concept, if you think about it, to something like a money tree um, or checking the cash, where when they, they'll give you 500 bucks, right? But in order to do the $500, they're charging you basically $65 in order to do it. Okay, same concept. I'm going to charge you of your fiat, of your current currency, for the benefit of getting this service that's more seamless. Now, it's easier for the user to wrap their head around it. They don't have to care about the gas at all. It's just a fee that's part of what they're already working with. If they don't have enough, you tell them you don't have enough to work with. And leave it at that. How can the user get more? Okay, you, and then you educate them from there. But if they do have enough, okay, I'm going to take it from the fee. If they say, okay, it's too much, you educate them and say, if you were to do it from Ethereum, it's the same cost. Now, we're doing two things. We're creating an interface that simplifies the transaction so that the gas is part of the source fiat. Two, we're educating them when they don't have enough as to what to do and the fact that Ethereum would be the same cost and what to do about it. And three, on the, on the tertiary part, we're taking whatever source currency they want and we're giving them the destination currency that they're looking for without having to go to three different places. The argument now, let's here's the story. The argument that I just had with people is around the fact that they don't understand that they're in the bubble. And most people don't understand when they are in the bubble that they're in the bubble, but they're in the bubble. They don't get that they're in the bubble. What do I mean by the bubble? The bubble is this notion of where you are in contrast to everybody else. So there's a theory that crypto's exploding and the whole world's doing it and all this. I guarantee you crypto is still niche compared to fiat. I can't stress that enough. I said frequently, generally speaking, fiat is used to transact, not to store value, because it's meant to be moving. Stocks, bonds, ETFs, and I would argue currency, crypto, are not designed, generally speaking, to transact. It is designed to store value. So people argue this because, 
well, you can use those over here and buy Tesla. Do, do, do. You're not understanding what I'm saying. I said, generally speaking, crypto is not for transactional purposes. I challenge you to walk down to the corner drugstore and tell them that you want to use your Doge to buy a beer. And they're going to look at you like you're nuts because they don't know what the heck you're talking about. Or it could be a guy says, yeah, I heard about that Doge stuff, but I ain't into that. No, it's not mainstream. Just because there are a select few cryptos that can be transacted, just because there are a select few countries that can transact with it, just because there's some exposure to the world does not make it on a macro level widely accepted for transactional purposes. That is not true. However, I guarantee you, no matter where you go in the world, you can take that single dollar bill and go to the exchange and swap it for fiat because it is ubiquitous. It is widely accepted for transactional purposes, and it's not really meant to store. They don't want you to store it. They want you to spend it. That's why the government wants people spending money. That's why they keep giving it to people. That's why there's inflation now. So we have to embrace the truth that fiat, generally speaking, is more for transactions than store. Certain investments such as stocks, bonds, ETFs, and even crypto, generally speaking, are designed for store, not transaction. When that pendulum shifts, we can have a new conversation about it. But we have to open reality until you can walk to your corner drugstore. And I'm talking that shady corner drugstore has got bars on the windows and tell them that you want to use your shib or your doge or your kishu inu to buy a beer. I don't want to hear it. It is niche. It is not the mainstream. So that's number one. Because it's not mainstream, People are going to have a hard time embracing it. Do you understand there are still old people that will happily pull out their checkbook and pay with a check at the grocery store? Why? Because most of the people prior to the rise of debit cards were more comfortable with cash and checks because in their mind, it's coming straight out of the account. They don't have to worry about PIN codes. They don't have to worry about any of that. It's just, I write you a check. I know how much I'm giving you specifically. How do I know that this card's not going to take more money out of my card, which actually does happen, by the way. There are certain segments of people who ultimately never embrace debit cards. There are wide swaths of people, especially in the Bible Belt, that choose to pay with cash as much as they can, and they hesitate to use debit cards. They don't like using ACH. They certainly don't do wire transfers. There are people who would still prefer to use MoneyGram or Western Union to send money across the country, even though it costs them more money. I just talked to a guy who was on the verge of spending $15 to do a MoneyGram because he jacked up his debit card and he couldn't pay me. This is the reality that people don't understand in the crypto community that this is how people think in outside of the bubble, not inside of it, outside of the bubble. They have all sorts of problems, 99 problems, and crypto ain't one. So when you start to embrace all of the different diversity of problems, you start to realize that the only solution that makes any sense, the only answer to make any sense, is we have to simplify the onboarding process for cryptocurrency, period, point blank. By simplification, Coinbase has tried, Robinhood has tried, certain ones have tried, but they're all doing it differently, and they're not doing it. They're not doing it correctly, number one, but they're certainly not consistent once you get in there. So with Coinbase, as an example, all I had to give them was my name, address, social to fill out the W-9, and give them a photo ID. That's it. There was no cameras. There was no 
having to do a facial verification crap and all that, nothing. I didn't do, didn't do any of that. And I've never heard from them again since this. However, Robinhood didn't ask any of that of me. All they asked was a tax ID number, name, address, that's it. They didn't ask for a copy of the ID at all. And then tax status, that's it. They don't care. But yet, if I go to Binance.us, okay, so you have to sign up the account, and then they want you to do text messaging verification, which is insecure. The United States government said stop doing it, but they force you to do it. If you don't do text message verification, you can't turn on TOTP, which is a.k.a. Google Authenticator, but there's not really Google. You can't turn that on without doing SMS Authenticator. So then you can do TOTP by itself, but then when you do that, it disables your verification for the what I'm about to talk about, so you can't do that last step. If you turn on the text and then you turn on TLTP, then you do the verification. It's using a tool that uses color to scan your face. If you're not white, it's going to fail. If you're using a tablet, it's going to fail. If you're using a webcam that's not super high quality because you don't believe in buying the latest, greatest eye device, it's going to fail. And there's no manual recourse. And if you contact them, they will not respond to you. So you can't get verified. What is the net effect of this? You can't withdraw. If you can't withdraw, you're back at square one and there's no reason to use it. Meanwhile, you could do the verification, pass verification. You turn off the text messaging because the government says it's not secure. They'll disable your verification, identity verification, even though they don't need it. They don't need text verification. That's Binance US. I have fought for them for days. I'm still not fully verified because I will not give them text message verification for my own reasons. They will not have it. They have everything else. But because of that, they won't do it, so I can't use that service. So then when I'm talking to the community, and we're trying to explain, not just me, but other people, that getting into Binance is, is challenging because the federal government has been attacking Binance.com, so we can't use it. Binance.us puts too many hoops in front of people and asks you to violate your own privacy needlessly. We're trying to tell them it's not easy to get into this business. And, oh, it was dirt simple for me. Do, do, do. It was dirt simple for you because you know what to do and you were willing to violate your own privacy. That's not the way it should be because they don't need it because there's no law in the United States that requires them to do it to that degree. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. On the contrast of this, if I look at KuCoin, KuCoin does not require the text message at all. It requires TOTP. It requires email verification. And then proof of, you know, address, name, and then the verification process, upload an ID. That's it. Simple, smooth, easy. If I look at gate.io, gate.io never required the video. You upload the ID, name, address, and TOTP. That's it. So these other ones have simplified the process down. However, the problem is that when you go to use a credit card now, the credit cards are a whole different problem. A lot of these... Orgs will refuse to accept prepaid cards. We're getting near Christmas. The main gift that you can give somebody who's somewhat older where you're not really sure what they would like is to give them a gift card to whatever. Could be a Visa gift card, MasterCard, whatever. The problem is they're not accepting prepaid cards because they think that they're money laundering. The prepaid cards that they will accept are Green Dot. Green Dot only allows you to have one account. So you cannot just have multiple green dot cards. They're going to block you at a point. So there's serve, there's PayPal prepaid. There's all sorts of other prepaids. Even when you do the PayPal prepaid and you link it to an actual PayPal account, they won't take it. It has to be an actual bank, even though it's the same money that we're talking about here. So because of that, people could have 500 thousands of dollars worth of prepaid cards that they'd love to throw into crypto, which helps all of us, by the way, folks in the bubble. And they cannot because 
all of these different orgs, including Coinbase, block prepaid cards. As bad as this gets, Robinhood offers you a debit card. Coinbase offers you a debit card. They won't accept each other's debit card. That, that's how stupid this is. That's what I'm talking about when I'm saying they're playing these games to make it hard for people to do the transaction. Just because you in the bubble do not consider it hard does not make it not hard. It is challenging for the regular, casual, non-technical, non-advanced user who just wants to diversify investment to get in and stay in and make some money out of it and be safe at the same time. There's a balance that should be drawn. Number one, we should be able to accept prepaid cards. If it supports Visa, MasterCard, if your corner drugstore will take it, everybody should be required to take it. They should not be allowed to boycott prepaid cards because those same prepaid cards will work everywhere else you spend them. They just won't work on these Coinbase, Robinhood. You can use them on Amazon. You can use them on Grubhub. You can use them on anything else. Walmart, but Coinbase, no. Robinhood, no. Why? They won't tell you why, except it's they're trying to avoid money laundering, even though there's no risk of it, even though there's no evidence of it. Even if you register the card, they still don't care. That should be abolished. We have to allow, if it's Visa, MasterCard, if it's one of the networks that are supported, you must accept this card. You must take it from the person. You're okay, as long as you did KYC, you're okay taking this funds. Us, a.k.a. government, will go after them if there happened to be some bad activity. That's number one. Number two, we need, as a, com as a community, get to the point where we stop assuming the level of competence and patience of the people out there who actually have the money because the people who are already trading are already in it. We don't have to worry about them. I don't care about you guys. I care about the other 90% who is not in it and who won't get in it because they think it's too difficult. Most of these people right now are screaming and squawking about the fact that SHIB is still not on Robinhood. And the fact is Robinhood sucks as a cryptocurrency exchange. It sucks. It's not good. It's not built for it. They don't want to do it. They do the common ones, and even then, they still ban states that don't make sense. They're not good for crypto, but people want it on there because why? It's stupid simple, and I stress the word stupid because it's a dumbed-down interface. That's what they want, and they want it out of everything, and here's the truth that you're not accepting. If it's not in their dumb interface, they're going to skip it. They're not going to buy in. They're not going to participate. They're not going to fight it. I promise you that most of these people, and it's not even about age, but I'm just saying culturally, most of these people are not going to fight pancake swap and nonsense slippage. I'm not just trying not to swear. Nonsense sw slippage issues. They're not going to fight Uniswap. They're not going to fight one inch telling you because you're in America, we can't work with you. They're not going to fight all these battles with these swaps. Situations where the swap doesn't show the token, and then you got to get the contract address, and you got to paste it over in there. And if you're trying to do it from a computer, it's easier. But then if you're trying to do it from a mobile, you're having to jump screens, and screens are not designed for this multitasking because these swap interfaces don't just simply query the address straight out of BSC scan or EtherScan. They want to do it from CoinGecko or CoinMarket, who may or may not list it. The common trader the casuals are not going to fight that i'm telling you right now they're not going to fight that battle you say you don't care you should care because without them crypto will not ever get mainstream we need saturation of buy-in to do that we've got to simplify the process again we should not be allowing them to 
refuse to accept money. That's crap. I'm sorry. They should be forced to accept a card as long as it's Visa, MasterCard, Network. You are forced to accept it. It's just as good as money. You cannot block these. That's number one. Number two, there needs to be a thing that allows simple transactions between networks without having the user having to worry about having a separate currency in order to transact currency. I don't need BNB to transact Binance. I don't need Ethereum to transact Ethereum. I don't need TRX to transact Tron. I, it's just all, I hit the thing and it goes to the thing and everything works. We need to get to that point. I don't know what that takes. I don't know what level of effort that is. If it's simply that nobody thought about it, I'm happy to talk you through my vision of what I see in my head because I believe it's doable. I honestly believe it's doable. All you're doing is obfuscating the source of the currency necessary from the currency that they're transacting in by way of a higher fee. And then on the back end, you do whatever you need to do to get your source that you want, which is Ethereum at the end or whatever. That's fine. Somebody should be able to build that interface to obfuscate it so that the front end user doesn't need to know or care on the highest level though. We've got to stop assuming what people are going to tolerate and we have to embrace that there are people out there that are not going to fight these battles. They're not going to fight them. Pancake's not going to fix its issues. Pancake is a buggy swap interface, period, point blank. The various exchanges that are out there all support different tokens. To me, that should be fixed. To me, we should get to the point where if you're going to be listed, you should be listed on all exchanges equally. I understand there's a lot more to that and a lot more cost to that and a lot more hoops to that. But to me, it's no different than getting listed on, say, PooCoin or CoinMarket cap or coin gecko or any other where ultimately there's a set of steps and you go through the vetted set of steps and until you do that you're not transacting that token here's what i'm advocating how about we not support the dexes exclusively there are coins out there you are required to go through a dex i think that should stop i know that's controversial but here's the problem when you have it only on a dex you are leaving them vulnerable to honeypot situations because they can't get out. At least if it's on an exchange, there are still one-to-one peer-to-peer people who are transacting the thing. Even if you get ripped off, at least you can get out of it. If it's only on a DEX like PancakeSwap, you're screwed if they decide to yank it and you would have no way of knowing it because especially on the Binance side, there are a lot less security controls in place to prevent the honeypot situations. On the Ethereum side, there's more controls, but then the gas is outrageous regardless. So there has to be a way to where people are more protected. And the way I think personally to do that is to ensure that at minimum, a token is listed on exchanges and decks at the same time. At that point, you're giving the choice back to the user of which way they want to go with it. And they always have it out. No matter what, you always got an out. I am one person. I cannot affect change by myself. I'm sharing the message that right now and ultimately right now, is what we're dealing with for the foreseeable future. I'm sharing the message that we've got to simplify this overall process. If we don't simplify the process and make it easier for people to buy in and sell and get away from people having to think, we're never going to get mainstream adoption. That's just the fact of the matter. You can come back and check me in three years if you want. I'm telling you right now, there is a wide swath of people who will not or cannot be bothered with all these hoops and nonsense, it's not a matter of education. It's not a matter of watching videos. 
I could I could write a whole college class about what it really takes to understand this stuff. And I'm still learning stuff. That's not how it should be. There's got to be a way for the common user to be able to do this stuff without having to worry about this garbage and still be able to benefit from the rewards on the back end. There's got to be a better way is all I'm advocating. I don't know what that takes, and I don't know who would step up to do that. Trust me, if I get to the point where I've got enough wealth to do it, I would gladly do it because I do honestly think the first person to jump on that is going to be a billionaire in short order. And that's just symptomatic of the fact that people who are debunking what I'm saying, saying, no, you learn deep, deep, deep. They're not, they're in the bubble. You're stuck in the bubble. You're thinking only in the bubble. You're thinking only what you know in your experience, and that's you isolated in your bubble, and you're not realizing that other people don't think like you, number one. Number two, even if you were correct and it's easy, quote, unquote, the fact is we can disprove that every time a new token comes up because every time a new token comes up, there are different rules to think about instead of a singular set of rules to be able to do this. There's not a, about 50 different rules to trade stocks. There's not 50 different rules to trade bonds. It's a simple process, a single process every time. That's where we need to get to for crypto, for it to be embraced by the mainstream and not perceived as constantly a bunch of scams and honeypots and, uh, I'm trying not to swear, S-coins. In order to get to that point, we're going to need to fix what is broken. And technology can do this. Technology can help us. We also, unfortunately, do need at least a little bit of regulation. I'm talking about the whole card business and blocking prepaid cards, which is garbage, or banks that say, hey, I'm not going to let you buy crypto. To me, that should be abolished. We should not be allowing them to dictate what my money can be spent on because there's no other way to buy crypto other than a bank transfer or a card, which basically creates this monopoly that we can't get around. The ATMs are somewhat of a fix, but I just went down to a CVS and the ATMs didn't work. So you have to have another way to be able to do this that doesn't rely on banks or that doesn't allow externals to get in the way and not having to think about gas fees, not having to think about all these different networks and a simple way to buy in. Until we get to that point, folks, it's never going to be mainstream. And that's my frustration. I'm concerned about mainstream acceptance. I'm concerned about getting that other 90%. I'm not concerned about the bubble. The bubble doesn't affect me, and it doesn't affect you because it means that nobody can really generate wealth unless you take a risk on some scam or sit on it for 10 years. Some people don't have that kind of time. So let's be realistic. Just number one, first step submitting you have a problem. You have to admit you're in a bubble. Your mind's in a bubble. You're thinking about it from your perspective, and you're not thinking about it from everybody else's perspective, which makes you close-minded to making any changes because you don't see anything wrong when there's crap tons wrong. There's a lot wrong with this process and a lot of opportunity to fix it for the right entrepreneur to step up and take that risk.